Welcome to Alaskwatch, the show all about Bigfoot in the great state of Alaska. I'm your host, Beans Baxter. So lace up your boots, zip up your coat, and come with me on an adventure as we explore all things cryptid in the last frontier. Greetings, everyone. Thanks for tuning in to this, what I believe is the sixth episode of Alaska Watch. I uh, appreciate you listening in. <clears throat> uh, a couple of uh, house cleaning things to get out of the way first. I want to apologize, one, for the length of time that's gone by without an episode, and two, you may hear some background noise or some snoring, and uh, I apologize for that, but there's not much I can do about it. That is my dog. He... Um, has decided he's going to sleep in the studio with me while I record, and uh, I don't have the heart to kick him out. Uh, his little sister is sick, and she is at the vet right now, so um, he has uh, decided to hang out with me, and uh, I just don't have the heart to kick him out because uh, his little sister's not here for him to snuggle with, and um, I actually uh, had uh, had quite the day today. Uh I had a couple of plans. I had uh, some things I was going to do, and I didn't get around to them because uh, uh, little, his little sister got sick, and I had to uh, end up taking her to the vet this afternoon. Uh, I they decided to keep her overnight. I think she's okay. Uh, she just um, she just had uh, a lot of um, uh, diarrhea and some throwing up, and they're going to uh, give her some. Uh, IV treatment and uh, keep her overnight and I think they're going to give her some anti-nausea medicine or something so hopefully um, I'll get to go pick her up in the morning and she'll be uh, she'll be fine Um, they're not really sure what caused it they think maybe she might have eaten something that uh, she wasn't supposed to which uh, it kind of that kind of perplexes me because you know she's pretty well um you know, she's pretty well monitored. She doesn't, you know, we don't, it's not like we let them outside and, and uh, don't keep an eye on them. So I don't know what she could have got into that uh, would upset her tummy like that. But uh, anyway, the seems uh, like she's going to be okay. They're just going to give her some IVs and uh, we'll check on her in the morning. So if you hear him snoring in the background, I apologize. But uh, like I said, I, there's not much I can do about it. Uh, and he snores a lot. So... Again, I apologize, but uh, I had to get down and uh, into the studio and record this uh, just so I could say that I had an episode in January, <laughs> even though I'm getting it in at the last possible second. Um, had a lot of stuff going on. As you guys know, like right after the holidays, uh, I went on vacation. Uh, had a pretty good time. Uh, you know, it wasn't perfect. Um we went with my wife and her two sisters. Uh, it was supposed to be kind of some time for them to get together and hang out. And, uh, and it ended up, uh, all the, all the girls got sick and, um, kind of, kind of put a damper on things. We still got to do some pretty cool stuff and see some pretty cool places, but, uh, everybody getting sick kind of, kind of put a, uh, kibosh on some things. Um, you know, some of the, some of the girls didn't leave the room, their rooms on the cruise ship for a few days it was, um, it was, it is what it is, you know, uh, they can't all be, uh, perfect, I guess, but, uh, to 
spend that much time planning something. We, we'd been planning that vacation for a year. Uh, we had literally, I think we bought the cruise tickets in January of 2019 for January, 2020. And then we bought our plane tickets and stuff like that. And, uh, February or Marchish or whenever they became available. So it was literally a year of planning in the works and, um, you know, just to have something, something like that happen where, uh, everybody gets sick. So pretty frustrating. Uh, what else did we do? Uh, I went to star Wars galaxy's edge, which is awesome. Although it was really crowded. Uh, we kind of miscalculated and we got there while the kids were still off, I guess, for holiday break. And, um, it was, it was really crowded and I recommend it, but I recommend you go when the kids are in school, like maybe the middle of October or something or, uh, some other, you know, February or something like that. When, when there won't probably won't be that many kids there, don't go during summer break, spring break, or apparently the holiday break because uh, it was really crowded, but I got to do some really cool stuff and I spent pretty much all day there. That that was pretty much all I wanted to do in Disneyland or Disney world. <clears throat> so that's, that's what I did. Um, let's see. What else did we do? We, we did some pretty cool stuff. Uh, got on the cruise ship. Uh, thankfully we're not on the cruise ship that, uh, when it got, uh, I, I don't even think I talked about this. So the cruise ship that we were on a few weeks before we got on, it was involved in a collision, um, somewhere. I can't remember what port it was in. Uh, but anyway, we were on the carnival legend. So if you just Google or go to YouTube and type in like carnival legend and, uh, accident or collision, you'll, you'll be able to see it where another boat actually swung into the carnival legend and, uh, our, our, the Carnival Legend wasn't damaged, but the other boat was. It caused quite a bit of damage to it. So um, lucky we weren't there when that happened. Uh, but we come on the boat later after that. So we got back from our vacation, and um, then we had some stuff to do around the house. You know, we um, were working on our basement. Uh, we did some work down there. We did some painting. Some uh, furniture got moved around. We're in the process of trying to figure out what we're going to do with our house now that we're empty nesters. So, uh, you know, there's, there, you know, life gets in the way. Um, hopefully I'll have some cool stuff to talk about. Um, some cool stuff in the field to talk about here pretty soon. Uh, in fact, I was planning on going out to the refuge and going snowshoeing, uh, tomorrow but with uh, the little girl dog in the vet, at the vet, I can't do that. I gotta, I'm gotta. i going to have to go pick her up in the morning. So I had to kind of put the kibosh on those plans. So probably not going to get out in the field anytime soon. Um, I, I, I don't know <laughs> when I'm going to get a chance to get back out and actually do something. Uh, it, it's kind of frustrating, but um, that's just what it is. Uh, I was hoping when I recorded this episode, uh, which I would probably would have recorded it tomorrow night, I would have, um, had some stuff to talk about from the field, maybe even, uh, recorded a little bit out there while I was snowshoeing. But, uh, with things happening the way they are, then I, you know, it just didn't work out that way. So, um, I was disappointed cause it's just gonna, this episode's pretty much just gonna sound like me uh, promoting a bunch of stuff, uh, which it is, 
<clears throat> but I was hoping to mix in some uh, some field stuff in there, and uh, it's just not going to happen. So I think uh, last episode I talked about the uh, Expedition Bigfoot um, television show. I think I talked about the first, I can't remember if it was the first episode or the first couple episodes that uh, I had watched and uh, gave a little review on it. Well, as of this recording, they have aired the final episode of season one. Uh, I have seen, I believe I saw all the episodes. I even watched the episode on the cruise ship. So, <laughs> um, if, if that's not dedication, then I don't know what is. Uh, so now that the show's over, I can kind of give a final overview of it. Um, it wasn't terrible, but uh, it wasn't great either. I really, really enjoyed uh, seeing some of the stuff that they did, some of the ways they employed uh, some technology that uh, I wouldn't have thought to employ. The uh, the drones in the cave was pretty cool, although I was pretty sure they weren't going to find any Bigfoot in the cave. Um, the underwater drone, I guess is what it was. Uh, they did some really cool stuff. The sound locations, uh, the equipment that located the sounds off in the distance, that was really cool. Uh, they did some really cool stuff, and they used some really cool equipment. <clears throat> um, but uh, there was some stuff that they did that I felt was pretty much just for the camera. And, you know, I you, you can't... If you just filmed straight-up Bigfooting, it would be boring, and nobody would want to watch it. So I know why they did what they did. Um you know, the, the, the emotions and the, you know, creepiness and stuff like that, that they factored in, you know, I, I, I know why they did it. Uh, it's still a little frustrating cause I know having been involved in some of those shows that it's, uh, you know, a lot of it's just for the, it's just for the show. Uh, you know, like when Russ, uh, rappelled down the, the cliff, uh, to get the hair samples, uh, to be analyzed, you know, there was no exigency for that. That was there was no need for that. <laughs> that was just done for the show to create drama for the show. Uh, those hairs were setting out in the open for who, how, who knows how long before he found them. So there was no exigency to get them into the lab. But uh, it is what it is, and um, you know, anytime that TV is involved, then that's you know you're going to get that kind of stuff. You're going to get some manufactured drama. Uh, I do hope they get a season two. Uh, I would just, uh, I'd like to see them for, for the fact that for the sheer fact, just seeing what kind of new technologies they can innovatively employ. Um, and that's pretty much why I'd like to see a season two is basically to give me ideas, uh, for equipment that maybe I can, uh, try and implement in my own research. So that's, kind of my thoughts on uh, Expedition Bigfoot. It's a TV show, but uh, there might be some good practical ideas that come out of it. But enough about that. It's, let's um, let's head over to the, uh, the Sasquatch News Desk and um, talk about something that's been going on for a while now. For the last uh, few days here, it's finally starting to die down, but I'm still seeing it every now and then it's popping up. I know you guys know what I'm talking about because if you don't, you're living under a rock or you somehow got this podcast by osmosis and don't have the internet because I'm talking about the Washington DOT footage or picture of, of a Bigfoot. Holy cow. Did that take off like a freaking wildfire? 
That thing went around faster than those fires in Australia. Man, <laughs> what a waste of everybody's time. I was fairly certain when they showed the picture that it was a cardboard cutout or, or something. And um, Will Ulmer of uh, Bigfoot of Stevens County uh, posted that he was aware of it, that you know it had been there for some time, that it was a cutout. And I think uh, even he even posted that uh, earlier in the year it had been holding a, like a case of beer or something, and which I think is hilarious. And people were arguing with him. <laughs> you know, the guy knows it's a cutout. He's telling people it's a cutout, and people are no, no. I'm pretty sure that's real. And um, it just goes to show you how how bad people want to believe that even you know when given evidence to the contrary, they'll, they'll still just cling on to it. Uh, finally, somebody got a hold of a letter from, uh, Washington DOT that, uh, says it's a cutout. And I think they even admit to putting the cutout up. Uh, that's been making the rounds. Hold on. I have the, I have the letter here somewhere. Um, this is apparently a, uh, researcher named Joe Beeler, who I, I'm ashamed to say I don't know. Um, you know, it's possible I may have even met him, and it just slipped my mind. But um, he published or posted the letter uh, after he got it, and it, you know, it's starting to make the rounds. Um, I was a little ashamed that I didn't know who this guy was. I looked him up on Facebook. We have like thirty some mutual friends. Obviously, he is um, pretty active in the Bigfoot community. Um. But uh, he wrote a letter basically uh, asking DOT, uh, you know, what's up with, with, with this thing. And um, the answer he received is, in brief, the Sherman Pass figure is a cutout made of uh, three-quarter inch wood nailed into a tree by someone. Uh, let's see. The responder said that over the last 15 years, so it's been there for 15 years, has been placing different items in front of the camera. The cutout has been there for at least the last year, but due to lighting shadow. Oh, okay. So I guess other things have been put in front of the camera, but this, this year it was the Bigfoot cutout, uh, due to lighting and shadow and other weather elements. I've never been able to get a good picture of it. My reason for posting a photo. Okay. So this isn't the guy that put the cutout there. This is the guy that posted the photo was to have a little fun with it. But I think people would, I didn't think people would take it so seriously as they did or receive this much attention. Uh, and then there was right shortly after that video or picture of the cutout, then there was a video released by DOT. Uh, I'm going to butcher the name of this place. Snoqualmie? Snoqualmie Pass video is believed to be uh, most likely a construction worker. So that's a video of a figure uh, that was walking across. I believe it's um, like a wildlife overpass or something. And, um, you know, it... I, I could see why somebody would think it was squatchy, but just, you know, from looking at the, the way it moved, it sure looked like a man to me. So anyway, um, that's the response. So mysteries essentially solved for sure on the Sherman pass photo and mostly, if not entirely on the Snoqualmie pass video. I know I'm probably butchering that name and I apologize, but, um, so there you have it. And I know, you know, there's, there's two types of people out there. There's going to be the people that 
just say, oh, yep, that's it. You know, that, that, uh, that's that. And then there's going to be the other kind that go, this is a government cover up. <laughs> Those were Bigfoots. Both of them were Bigfoots. And this is how the government covers it up. So, uh, you know, what can you do but uh, shrug your shoulders and get on with your life? So I am convinced that neither of those are legit big feats. And um, I'm uh, shocked and dismayed how they made it, especially the cutout, made it into the mainstream media. And that's when you can tell when a Bigfoot story has really taken off is when your non-Bigfoot friends start sending it to you. I think I had about four or five people who have nothing to do with Bigfoot, don't give a shit about Bigfoot, send me that video. And that's when I kind of knew, oh, man. And I think um, when one of them sent it to me, I, I saw it was like linked to like Fox News or something. And I just kind of kind of facepalmed. And, and not because he sent it to me, just because it made Fox News. And it was it's not it was not mainstream worthy. Uh, mainstream newsworthy and um, that's the kind of stuff that just really it kind of it kind of gives the the scene a a black eye because um, there's people that like I said are arguing that it's real and people see that in the mainstream media and they're just like man people you know people think this is real that's bs and they're crazy and uh, that's why nobody takes it seriously and you know one of my favorite quotes is from Art Bell and uh, it's have an open mind, but not so much that your brain falls out. And uh, I just I kind of wish more people would adhere to that. Um, in fact, I believe Will Omer from Bigfoot of Stevens County is probably going to address this kind of stuff. Uh, he posted something that he on uh, his Facebook the other day that he was going to post some videos, and he didn't want to offend anybody, but he was going to address some things like this. So I'm looking forward to those. Um, hopefully. Uh, I uh, can get a good chuckle out of it. It always baffles me when things that uh, are pretty obviously fakes or hoaxes makes it into the mainstream news and then other more credible evidence just gets ignored. Um, if you want, if, if there is a government cover-up, that's where it is. It's where the the more plausible stuff never makes it into the mainstream news. Why is that? There, I think if there is a cover up, which I don't believe there is, if there was one, I think that's why where it would be. Uh, it wouldn't be the absence of information; it would be the control of inf- information. Just, yeah, we're not going to do a story on that. But uh, hey, this uh, this kid put on a, a a bear suit and run in front of a cop car. Let's uh, do a story about that or something. You know, that's the kind of stuff that uh, makes me wonder. And anyway, you know. I don't really want to talk about it anymore because it's just, it's, it's kind of ridiculous. You just get these flash in the pan stories and they take off. And, you know, even before, um, social media, you know, I remember when the guy, the people saw the, the leprechaun in the tree or whatever down in, was that Alabama or Atlanta or something? It just, it just, it just takes off the novelty of it. Just, uh, it takes off and there's, <laughs> oh man, people just, uh, go crazy over that kind of stuff. But, uh, anyway, like I said, I don't have a lot to talk about as far as field work or anything like that. Uh, I do have some stuff that I want to talk about to promote. 
Uh, you know, so the rest of the podcast is going to probably be like a 30 minute commercial. So <laughs> I apologize. Um, coming up later in the month of February, I'm not sure exactly when I think we're shooting for February 15th. Uh, but it may be a little bit later than that. I don't know how the editing is going on it. Uh, as soon as I got back from vacation, I had to sit down and do some voiceover work for it, but I'm talking about Bigfoot encounters in the Pacific Northwest. Uh, it's going to be another documentary, kind of like uh, our In Search of the Port Chatham Harry Man. Uh, hopefully, I, I'm hoping it's going to be a little bit better than In Search of the Port Chatham Harry Man because, you know, it's going to be our sophomore effort. Uh, hopefully, we learn some things from our first film. And this one's going to, you know, adapt and improve on uh, some of the lessons we learned from Port Chatham. Uh, I think it's going to be a little bit more interesting. It certainly seems like we had a little bit more activity uh, where we were at than we did on Port Chatham. Not that we didn't have activity in Port Chatham, but uh, I think that it's going to be uh, kind of a different animal. It's going to be a different movie, different documentary, and I can't wait to see the first cut of it. Uh, and that's going to be, I believe, on Amazon and Vimeo, just like uh, In Search of the Port Chatham Hairy Man. And uh, also, speaking of In Search of the Port Chatham Hairy Man, it is now on Amazon Prime. So if you have Prime, you can watch it for free. So uh, check it out. Um, you know, even if you don't uh, don't particularly care for it, just uh, you know, turn it on, uh, let it play while you go to sleep. Because uh, I th- don't think we get that. Steve, well, Stephen doesn't get paid for it unless uh, unless the uh, you watch it all the way through, or you have to at least watch an hour of it or something. I'm not quite sure how it works. Also uh, coming up this month. Tentatively, again, I'm not sure the exact date. <clears throat> As of right now, the Alaska Triangle is slated to premiere on February 9th, I believe at 10 p.m., probably depending on what time zone you're in, on the Travel Channel. Uh, I believe the first episode is called The Secrets of Mount Hayes. It's going to be, uh, I believe it's a 10-part series, maybe an 8-part series. All about uh, Alaska mysteries. There's going to be some UFO stuff. There's going to be some uh, Bigfoot stuff. There's going to be um, all kinds of stuff in there. So check it out. Uh, there's an episode on there where Stephen, Adam Davies, and I take a film crew to Port Chatham and uh, show them around a little bit. And uh, hopefully, hopefully it uh, it turned out all right. I haven't seen it. I don't know how it's going to look. Um, Remember what I was saying about TV and uh, and uh, Bigfoot shows earlier. So, just uh, you know, keep an open mind when you watch it. Uh, enjoy the scenery and uh, don't take it too seriously. All right, it's on TV, and we just don't have a lot of control over the way they edit things and put them together. Uh, that's why I enjoy doing these little documentaries because we have at least a little bit more control over how those things go together. I think it's going to be a pretty uh, entertaining show. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing it. And maybe you might have caught like a little sneak preview of it. I think they showed it. It was either Christmas Eve or Christmas Day called Yuletide Yeti. I actually recorded it by accident. I didn't know it was going to be like a special episode of Alaska Triangle. And um, I just kind of sat down and turned it on one day to see what it was. And lo and behold, it's the Alaska Triangle show. It's just like a special episode of it. And they actually showed uh, uh, some footage from Port Chatham, and they showed uh, Adam and uh, 
Steven and I walking on the, the dock toward our boat here in Homer in the opening title sequence. So that was pretty cool. I, I was uh, really shocked to see that. And it was kind of fun to, to see myself on uh, TV, actually in like the opening credits of the show. So that's pretty cool. Uh, what else is going on? Oh, November 7th. So you guys have got plenty of time to uh, clear your calendar and make arrangements. November 7th is going to be the third annual Sasquatch Roundup in Spokane Valley. Uh, I am really excited about this one. Uh, I'm going to be there. Amy's going to be there again, Amy Boo. And uh, I'm really excited about this. Dr. Robert Alley is going to be there uh, of Renko Sasquatch fame. And uh, I cannot wait. I am so excited. I'm going to like scream like a schoolgirl probably when I meet him. I am over the moon to meet Mr. Alley and get to sit down and hopefully pick his brain. Hopefully we can uh maybe get him to talk to me a little bit on uh on the rec- recorder and we can uh get him uh on the show here. I'm just man, I can't wait. And apparently he has a new book out. A second book about Sasquatch in Alaska. And I can't wait to get a hold of it. I, uh, from what I understand, it's, it's done. It's written. Uh, and he even has some copies. And he's going to be selling them at the Sasquatch Roundup, I hope. Uh, and I cannot wait to get my hands on that. I am so excited about that. I love Renko Sasquatch. It's probably, it's probably my favorite Bigfoot book. Um, I've read it a couple of different times. I don't think... <clears throat> I don't think I've really talked about it much on here. I think, you know, we're going to have to just do a whole episode on it. And uh, I'll have to pick out some of my favorite uh, encounters from the book. And we'll just have to go over them. Um, The only thing about it is it just kind of concentrates on southeast Alaska. And it just makes you wonder, you know, are they concentrated more in that area of the state? Or is it just because, you know, there's more people there. I don't know. It makes me wonder because you don't hear that much in this part of the state about them, but, uh, they seem to be a little bit more, they seem to be thicker over there in Southeast Alaska. So, uh, I can't wait to, uh, meet, uh, Dr. Alley. I can't wait to read his new book. Uh, I can see myself probably, uh, I mean, I don't know how, how thick the book is or how much there's in it, but, uh, I can see myself sitting down and probably reading that one in uh, one or two sittings. In fact, as I sit here uh, talking about it, I'm looking over at the bookshelf and I can see my copy of Renko Sasquatch from here. And I just think to myself, like, maybe I should buy another copy because that's what the kind of book that, y- you know, something about my, my favorite books. I always want to have two. I always want to have an extra copy just in case. Um, I don't know why. It's, I guess because uh, that old military saying two is one and one is none. I just I feel like if something happened to it, I, I should have a, a reserve. <laughs> and uh, speaking of my favorite Bigfoot media stuff, I have a uh, copy of the restored, remastered Blu-ray of The Legend of Boggy Creek on the way. Um. It's in the mail. Uh, they sent it media mail, <laughs> uh, which made me uh, a little disappointed. 
I was hoping that it would get here um, before the end of my weekend, and that's not going to happen. But uh, they just they just mailed them out just the other day, and I cannot wait to get my hands on it. I've seen the Legend of Boggy Creek probably a dozen times or more, but I've never seen it on Blu-ray, and I've never seen it, or basically I've never seen like a master copy of it. I've always seen the, oh, what are they, the, like the bootleg versions and the versions that they sold on like Amazon and they were always like a copy of a copy and, you know, they were always dark and grainy and supposedly this uh, version of the film is supposed to be much clearer and, and beautiful. And I've, I've, you know, some people have already gotten their copies, people that don't live in Alaska and don't have to wait forever for shipping and uh, they're saying it looks great. So I can't wait to get it. Um, it's uh, put together by, uh, is it Charles Pierce? Is that the director? It's put together by his daughter. I guess she finally either got the rights to it or found the original. I, I'm not quite sure the story behind it. All I know is that they're putting it out on Blu-ray and I'm getting a copy and I can't wait. So um, hopefully here pretty soon I'm going to get to set down with Robert Alley's new book and uh, the uh, Blu-ray of uh, Beast of Boggy Creek, or sorry, The Legend of Boggy Creek, and uh, just uh, have a little uh, Sasquatch media party. And uh, that's one of the funny things about um, Beast of Boggy Creek. So Arkansas is abbreviated AR, and Alaska is abbreviated AK. And before I got sent to Alaska, I didn't know or care about that. And, um, I was sitting in a briefing in the army and they were giving everybody their orders, telling them where they're going to go. And I got my orders and it said I was going to Fort Richardson, AK. And I asked a question of the person giving the briefing and she said, where are you going? And I said, Fort Richardson, Arkansas. And everybody in the room kind of snickered. And she said, no, sweetie, that's Alaska. <laughs> and I was like, what the hell? I had no idea what was going on. I was not, I used to say, I don't care where the army sends me as long as it's nowhere cold. And I thought I was going to Arkansas and I was like, well, that's not too bad. That's not too far from home. And I went to Alaska. So, but I liked it so much. I stayed, I'm still here. So anyway, Back to Alaska stuff. Uh, one more announcement uh, pertaining to Alaska here. This one actually does pertain to Alaska and field work. So, hey, you know, we're getting closer to having some field stuff on the show, huh? Um, sometime in July, we are, I say we, uh, myself and uh, Stephen Major with Extreme Expedition Northwest and uh, a couple of other people. I'm not, I'm not quite sure i don't want to say anything if uh nobody's officially confirmed um i know well i'm not officially confirmed i guess because i don't have my freaking tickets yet but i've got my um time off so i guess i can i'm gonna go ahead and say that i'm going uh we are going to be going on an expedition in southeast alaska to prince of wales island and uh I'm, I'm pretty excited. It's going to be, uh, it's going to be a little different, you know, uh, much like when we were in Washington, I'm going to be out of my comfort zone cause we're not going to be 
uh, here in South Central Alaska. We're going to be in Southeast. Uh, it's going to be raining, I'm sure. It's going to be uh, probably a torrential downpour the entire time we're there. If my if my limited experiences with Southeast Alaska um, are uh, are any uh, indicators, because it rains a lot in Southeast Alaska. I mean, that's why they call it the rain coast, right? So we'll see. Um, like I said, Stephen Major, myself, and uh, a couple other. Uh, researchers are going to be heading in there. Uh, we're going to be checking out uh, the local Bigfoot population. And uh, we're also going to be looking for the Kushtaka, which if you're not familiar, I'm sorry, my dog just woke up and now he's like scratching in his bed. Uh, the Kushtaka is the land otter man, which is uh, a native legend in that park. Uh, I think uh, the Clinkets are the ones that... Uh, believe in the Kushtaka, maybe some of the other ones down there too, maybe the Haidas. And um, he's supposed to be uh, kind of like a Bigfoot-like figure, I guess, but he can swim and he's a shape changer and uh, he's uh, supposed to kidnap people. And uh, we're going to get into that and uh, see, uh, hopefully get some Bigfoot and some uh, Kushtaka tales. I actually have a book on the Kushtaka here somewhere. I don't know. I'm sure it's over there on my bookshelf somewhere. Uh, but before we uh, head down there to Prince of Wales, we will do we'll do an episode about it. We'll talk about the Kushtaka. Uh, I'll bust out the book. I'll pull out some uh, encounters. Uh, maybe we'll get Stephen on the show to talk about the uh, expedition. And uh, once we firm some things up, we'll talk about uh, who's going to be there, uh, who's going to be coming with us. So that's going to be fun. It's going to be exciting. Uh, we're going to be spending a few days there. Uh, you know, it's going to be nice getting out uh and seeing some different parts of Alaska. Um, I've been to Huna and Sitka, I think. And uh, it rained a lot. So they were very pretty. Um, but it rained pretty much the entire time I was there at both places. So anyway, that is about all I have for this episode. Uh, I will be back here in a couple of weeks. And, uh, I think we'll do, I think we'll do Raincoast Sasquatch. You know, I think, uh, I think I'll bust that out. Just talking about it again has gotten me, uh, wanting to crack it open and, um, take a look at it. So, you know, I think I will do that. I will, um, take it upstairs, uh, with me when I, uh, get ready to go to bed and, uh, I'll thumb through it and find some of my favorite encounters and, uh, information in it. And uh, when I sit down to record next, we will uh, we'll talk about that book because it's one of my favorite books. Uh, it's uh, great. If you get a chance, I think it's on Amazon. You can pick it up. You can pick it up digitally, I think. You can pick it up uh, a paper copy, which I prefer the paper copies. Uh, anyway, this has been Alaskwatch. You can shoot us an email at alaskwatch at gmail.com. You can find us on the Facebook at the Alaskwatch Facebook page. And uh, you can find me on Instagram on at uh, Kenai Bigfoot on Instagram. Uh, I've got some uh, pretty cool pictures on there from some of our past expeditions. You can see uh, some pictures of Port Chatham. You can see uh, some tracks that I've found. You can get some cool thermal images. And I've also got a lot of trail camera footage up there uh, of uh, moose and bears and just general wildlife. I got some coyotes running around up here in my in my yard. So, um, if you want, you can swing by and, uh, find me on Instagram at Kenai Bigfoot and, uh, follow me there and, uh, you can see a 
pictures of some of my adventures there. Uh, I'm also on YouTube. I have a Kenai Bigfoot YouTube channel, uh, and sometimes the podcast gets posted there. I haven't figured out. I think something changed and it's not going there anymore, so i got to figure that out. But uh, I've got a couple other videos there, and uh, I try and take some video when I get out in the field. So um, I appreciate you guys listening, and uh, I will see you here in a couple of weeks with some tales from the Raincoast Sasquatch. Thank you.